Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stick and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Schlereth and Evans kicking it off with first down. Uncharacteristic second half from the Nuggets last night who cannot come back and pull away from their opponent as Chicago just kept racing further away from the Nuggets and beat Denver 117 to 96. Only the Nuggets' second home loss in their last 26 home games. Rare off night for Nikola Jokic. Only the second time this season that he's shot under 50%, 18 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, and afterwards was asked about uh, all this talk about his MVP candidacy and how worthy he is. I really don't know. I really don't know. So I, I'm trying. I think that's not a really healthy environment. I didn't say it like that. It's an interesting description. He said... All this discussion, all this debate, what's been going on with ESPN, charges of uh, racism and bias and all that. His take on it is is not very healthy. It's an unhealthy conversation. Interesting word. It is. And I think he's like, I think he's 100 percent right. The thing I love about him is I truly like when a lot of guys say they don't pay attention to what the media says and what all the buzz is out there. I don't believe they they have a lot of guys that say they don't pay attention have complete and total rabbit ears. But I really believe that Nikola Jokic does not care. I really believe that he is not paying attention. He just whatever. You're going to talk about what you want to talk about. I really do believe that he is worried about winning. And I think that's the healthy part of it. Like He's just worried about doing what he has to do to help his team get a win every single night. Last night, hey, last night, it didn't happen. Usually at home, they get a W, but last night, didn't happen. Tonight, it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, bud. <laughs> the uh, the Nuggets definitely a, looked a step slow and just looked off for the entire second half. How much you put in it? Is it a red flag? Anything comes out of it? Or is it just simply something to just dismiss as one bad half, one bad night? I'm going to go with that until we see more evidence that this is starting to become an issue. But for now, I'll just pass it off as one bad night. Six of their next seven are on the road. So I'll tell you what. I'll If, if you think that my uh, hear no evil, see no evil approach to the Nuggets is a little too uh, carefree and you think that there are reasons to be concerned, it should pop up in these next six, this next next stretch of games, right? With six we'll out of seven on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Fixing to find out, like Gary said. Second down. Now, there was a silver lining to the Nuggets loss, but it did not occur in Denver. It occurred in Phoenix. Okay. Where Kevin Durant was set to make his much celebrated Phoenix Suns home debut. Except during pregame warm-ups, <coughs> he sprained his ankle. Oh, wow. There's a, there's a shocker. And was in a walking boot. Oh. After the game. Is going to have an MRI. Now, the Suns Ooh. immediately are saying nothing to see here. Right. Very precautionary. But, again, you're very fluent in speaking injury. Uh-huh. I, I just, 
I don't doubt that it's going to be a um, injury he's going to be able to come back from. I, I, I believe that. But you're talking about a, a, a situation where even if under the best of circumstances, you're only looking at about 20 games for the Suns to put all these new pieces together and gel. Right. And now he's going to miss a few days, a week. A what, does that, what does that do? He's in a boot. He was in a boot. In a boot? He was in a boot. Not a boot. It's not a boot, the organization. No, this was a boot. This was actually in a boot. A boot. You say a boot and a boot the same way in Canada, but it's two different meanings. It's like hair and hair, or here and here. A boot and a boot have two different meanings, even though they sound the same. Do they use a boot about your boots? Like, or do they call them something else? Like, like in England, like your trunk isn't a trunk. It's a, I think it's, is it a boot? Wait a minute. Is a boot in Canada and a boot in England and a boot in America all three different things? Think about it. What are we talking about? about. We haven't done one of these in a while. We've been on our game. Yeah, we have. I just wanted to have a different term for a boot. I don't know. We're going to have to do it. Paris Munich. Everybody talking about bop music. To quote that great, great, great man. We've been on our game. Yeah. But not this segment. Yeah. (laughs) Not this segment. It's a great, it is a great question. Oh, why are we all of a sudden talking like Bud? I know. It's all like, you know, we've been really sharp lately, but not this segment. Hey, we were hoping for the best on this one. We didn't get that news. So, Kevin Durant, we'll see what happens. Third down. Avalanche back on uh, home ice. Potential uh, playoff opponent. It's somewhere along the uh, along the way. Uh, the L.A. Kings are in town. Do you feel where are the L.A. Kings at? The L. They're in L.A. No, I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. Henceforth, the name L.A. Kings. Wow. It's not the Louisiana Kings, is it? No. No. It's the L.A., yeah. Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Inconceivable. Uh, no, the but, Kings, you're wondering where they are in the standings. Yeah, the Kings same. are actually uh, second right now in the Pacific. Uh, they're looking at uh, probably a uh, first-round matchup against the Kraken. Oh. So, yeah, the only way the Avs and Kings would meet right. would be in the uh, conference finals. Yeah, beat Pacific. Where where would you think they would meet? The conference finals in L.A. and Colorado. So that's you being Pacific right there? I'm being Pacific. Specific. (laughs) Oh, all right. We got to. We got to. We got to hunker down. We got to hunker down. Hunker down. It's a little loose in here. It's a little loose. We got a little loose. We're a little loose, which is okay normally, but uh, my job job is to reel you back in when you get a little loose. We've got all three grandkids, so let's just... Say that it's been a lot of a lot of work. One, two, three, fourth down. Sean Payne and the coaches at the Nuggets game got uh, introduced. Okay, not exactly golf claps. Better no. than that, but yeah. it certainly wasn't raucous. No. We're gonna score a lot of points. 
<laughs> Justin Outen. Oh, Lord. Nathaniel Hackett chugging beers. They Ross Sierra sitting at courtside. Oh, it was like the and Denver Broncos the- version of Camelot. They were dead last in points scored, right? We're going to a lot of boy. I hate what we're going to do. Oh, we're going to... Oh, yeah. That just happened. <laughs> that just happened. Just, I threw up in my mouth a little bit. We're going to score a lot of points. Wow. Gosh, jeez. What a circus last year uh, was. It was. And you know what? I totally get why... Collectively, Broncos country and those that were at the hey, game by last way, night. Good for Broncos country. Good for Broncos country who were just like, you know what? Yeah, great. Tell you, and and, and you know what? Payne himself, he himself, uh-huh. did not want to make any grand predictions, grand talk, big headline grabbing stuff. He's like, I tell you what, it's our job to put our heads down, go to work, start winning games in the fall, and that's how the fans can judge us. And you know what? They're taking him. At his uh, at his request, yeah, because that's what I heard last night was okay. Welcome, coach. Good luck. Now go win some games, yeah, and then we'll get on board. Yeah, good, good for the fans. I like that. That is uh, four down territory. Our tour around the uh, Denver sports scene. Up next, do you expect the Broncos to be active in free agency? Plus, we've thrown this question out. We're getting a lot of great responses. And by the way, if you want to expand on it, go ahead. But one word. In the wake of the muted response to Sean Payton and the coaches being introduced yesterday, one word to describe your feelings towards the Broncos right now. Hit us up, 303-713-1043. Reaction next. When the day is done, the game is over, and you need a break from all the stress, relax in your tub or shower from Bath Fitter. Bath Fitter will fit your budget with a price match guarantee. No money down, no payments for up to five years. Get the ball rolling. Visit bathfitter.com today. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. This is great. Great reaction. I asked a question. found it interesting that the reaction to Sean Payton and his coaches, they were at the Nuggets game last night, and it was very muted, polite. But it certainly wasn't, you know... Everyone looking up to the box and bowing. Oh, the Savior's here. Right, it was nothing right, like right, that, right. right? Yeah. It was just kind of like, okay. And it, it certainly felt like a collective, we've been fooled before, it's not going to happen again. So I throw out the question, give me one word, Broncos fans, to describe how you feel about the team, the organization, just the Broncos in general. Getting a lot of good ones. Nauseous. <laughs> Numb. Meh. Meh. Is that D-Mac? How you you feel that in there? Meh. Meh. Cautious. Like this one. Jacked. What did I say? Optimistic. Right? Yeah. How about you? Did you come up with a word? I, hey, I've been pushing for Sean Payton since day one. He was my top choice. Mm-hmm. He was one. Jim Harbaugh was 1A. Uh, the fact that they got this guy, I, I love it. Uh, for the first time since Gary Kubiak left the building, they have an adult in the room. They have a guy who comes from a uh, a coaching tree that I, I love, having covered Bill Parcells for a couple of years. I, I, I love Bill Parcells. I love the way he looks at football. I love the way he looks at players, teams, 
and the fact that, that Peyton is a disciple of that and has already referenced Parcells uh, numerous times since he's become the Broncos coach, I love all that. I love the fact that this guy's got a proven resume, a proven resume averaging 10 wins a season over 15 years. So I'm, I'm very optimistic. I'm very optimistic. But I also, but I guess I look at it that I'm not, I'm not expecting this thing to pop right away. And maybe that leads into where I wanted to go right. here with free agency set to start on Monday with the legal tampering period. Do you expect the Broncos to be super aggressive? Depends on your definition of super aggressive. Are they making a big splash move on day one? All the big splash moves that, that occur on day one, will the Broncos make one? I'm going to say no. They won't make a a day one splash like set a dude, you know, set a dude up for life type of contract, you know, right? Like one of those one of those top flight free agents. But I you know, I think one thing that, that George Payton has been probably the reason that George Payton became the Broncos general manager is because the work he's done in the later parts of the uh, of the draft and from a free agency standpoint, finding value like DJ Reader. There's a there's a guy that you paid, but is a valuable, really good, good pick, right? Or excuse me, not DJ Reader, DJ Jones. So a really good free agent pick for the Broncos. So then I start thinking about okay, you know, you know the names, the Orlando Browns of the world, and you know that Donovan Smith was released and. Taylor Lewan is out there. Like those would be the guys making sixteen million bucks a year, and that you know people were like, "Oh, the market." But then you start looking at Mike McGlinchey out there making a four and a half million a year. Andre Dillard, a former first rounder to the Philadelphia Eagles, who really has never cracked the starting lineup except when somebody gets injured, but has played both guard and tackle on I think both sides of the ball. So there's a guy that is, you know, 27 years old and a guy that would have an opportunity to come in, start right away, Caleb McGarry from the Atlanta Falcons. Not not the most gifted athlete guy, but just a real mauler that plays exclusively right tackle. But he played really well last year. So there are some guys that you would look at and say, man, you know, Jawan Taylor, a right tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars, only 25 years old. Like, he is looking for that first kind of decent contract, not break-the-bank contract. So are there guys out there that you would look at from that standpoint, Mike, and say, man, those aren't first-day, let's-go-out-and-break-the-bank guys, but those are some dudes that would be, you know, would be very interesting for us. So you talk about understanding why people are uh, kind of like, hey, you know, I'm not going to get fooled again right. when it comes to even Sean Payton taking over. What about the idea of going after a free agent right tackle? You can understand why Broncos got to be like, no, right? God, we've had too many uh, uh, Stevensons and Menelik Watsons and sure. uh, uh, Juwan Jameses of the world. We haven't had a legitimate right tackle here since the big O. Orlando Franklin left town. So when you look at these, this list of free agent tackles, you know, are you are you convinced you can you can point to a couple guys that say, "Hey, don't worry, don't let past failures influence you. This guy's legit." Or do you see some potential Jawan James's Menelik Watsons in this group that you better be careful and stay away from? There are always those guys that um, that you're going to have to be careful about. And 
let's face it, when you get that second-tier player, Mike, is that guy ready for prime time? Is he is he ready? There's a difference between being a full-time, everyday, week-in, week-out starter and being a backup. And, you know, the, frankly, being a backup, I'm not going to say it's easy because being a backup is hard, right? You're asked to come in and play well. But one thing that isn't happening to you when you're a backup is you're not being studied. Like when I play against you, Mike, if you're a defensive tackle, I'm gonna I'll know you like the back of my hand. Wait a minute, we already talked about the back of my hand. Yeah, do, do people really know the back of their hand? I'll know you. What's a better term than the back of my hand? I don't know because how many of you out there right now know the back of your hand? Right, really well. I'll know you like I know. Right, right. That is most sayings make sense. That one doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Come on, there's things that we've invented since sliced <laughs> bread that are way better than sliced yeah, bread. Yeah, but at the time, sliced bread was probably a big deal. Yeah, but it's you not know, like you didn't have like the big hunk have... of bread. You know, you could have these two nice sliced it's bread. It's not like people didn't have knives together. Like, or... Did they just not think about They just ripped the bread. They didn't think about, hey, I've got this big knife and this loaf of bread. Maybe I should cut it. <laughs> that that never crossed their mind? Yes, not, because once sliced bread came along, there was nothing like it. Mm. Would you rather this team address their right tackle through free agency? Yes. Or the draft? Through free agency. Really? Yeah. The draft is just too much of an unknown? Um Yeah, I at least I at least I have some some NFL film on some of the guys that play right tackle right now. And the bottom line is I know I can plug and play. Like Mike McGlinchey. I mean, he can come in there and, and he's played. I'm not going to say he's a superstar, but I, I, he's a good player. And he's played for the Niners. He's, you know, he'd be a guy that you could plug and play and just kind of forget about. Coming up in What's Trending, what has George Carl popping back at Shannon Sharp about? Ooh. We'll tell you next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now. John Morant will not be charged with any criminal charges from Glendale police after having the firearm in the uh, nightclub the other night after the Nuggets beat the Grizz. Uh, The comment from the police department, quote, there was not enough available evidence to charge anyone with a crime. Now, this does not mean at all that uh, John John Moran is out of the the woods at all. He is still facing what could be upwards of a 50-game suspension from the NBA uh, if he did indeed bring this gun onto the team plane. And if that's the case, he could be looking at a 50-game suspension. Also, Shaquille O'Neal trying to give John Moran some uh, mentor advice. I'm not going to jump on the kid. He know what we did was wrong. But remember, he put himself in the position. He didn't have to go live. You got to pick your phone up, swipe to find Instagram, get on Instagram, swipe again, hit the live button, wait for it to connect. Are you sure you want to go live? You got to have enough common sense to know that wasn't going to go the way you wanted it to go. You're not a rapper. You're an NBA player. Think that uh, John Moran is going to uh, learn his lesson? Grow up, because this this is it's a great. You got to be careful. These are the kind of mistakes that you're going down a road where you can just absolutely sabotage your career. Let me ask you this: sabotage a, yeah. a, a God given talent and blow it all. What do you do if you're Michael Silver, 
not only John Moran, but what do you do to the Memphis Grizzly? Oh. Wait, how come you looked at me? Did I say the wrong name? Yes. Well, it's it's Adam, Silver. Adam Silver. Yeah, yes. what did I say? Michael, Michael Silver. Yeah, same thing. So if it's Adam Silver, like, because theoretically, I, I know you're on a chartered plane, but you're going, there's a security process that goes through and you're not allowed to bring a weapon. Yeah, but how stringent is it? Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If the Memphis Grizzlies are just letting guys slide by and you're not... Well, I'm not just saying the Grizzlies are letting you. You've flown team planes your entire life. Is there any any security that you go through? Well, mine was before all the security True. stuff happened. But so when, once but you guys started flying private, when my when my son was playing in the big leagues, man, like you'd leave a a road stadium, you know, you'd go through. They'd have security. They'd have it all set up, so you had to have everything looked at. Your bags up before they loaded up on the bus, and then they drove from the tarmac and they. You know, jumped on their Tigers, Detroit Tiger plane, but you had to go through all that stuff. So, um, basically, I'm like, not only should John Morant be looked at very stringently, but so should the Memphis Grizzlies. Shannon Sharp was having a fireside conversation, literally, it was by a fireside, mm-hmm. with Andre Iguodala, uh-huh. a name that's kind of a mud with with Nugget fans because when Iguodala was with the Nuggets in a playoff series against Golden State, he was accused of giving away the game plan to then Warriors coach Mark Jackson. And as Iguodala explained explained it, the the scouting report, the game plan for the Nuggets was to rough up Klay Thompson and, and Steph Curry. And at one point during a game, during an inbounds play, Mark Jackson walked up to Andre Iguodala and said, what, what are you, what are you doing? What are you, what are you guys doing? And, and all Iguodala said, well, I don't, I don't like to play the game that way. And he, as he said in the interview, he said, you know, I, I just want to be, I don't want to resort to that kind of stuff. It's mm-hmm. about, are you better than me or am I better than you? So anyway, uh, he called out George Carl, uh, for not having, the uh, proper adjustments and for making him look bad in the eyes of Nugget fans. George didn't have an adjustment for them boys and them boys beat us. Right. And typical George, George going to run with a narrative that he going to run away from what it was. Right. You just got out coached. Right. You didn't make any adjustments. So let me look for something else. And he's done it throughout his career. He wrote a book. He has some things about, you know, young African-American men. And his reason for why they aren't as successful under him is because they didn't have fathers. He's done. He said some things about some African American players that I didn't take too kindly of, and you know we haven't seen George in a while, and he's just looking for attention. So you'll see him on Twitter, you know, every other week, just looking for some controversy and just looking, you know, to, to bring his stature back up. George responded on Twitter by saying, "There is two, there are two sides to every story, and uh, Shannon, let's talk." Obviously, Iguodala does not like George Carl. Man. But did it, but when you hear Iguodala's response, okay, so his response was, hey, look, all that, all that was said during the game. And he mm-hmm. goes, I even I even kind of confronted Mark Jackson about, like, why'd you throw me under the bus? Because after the game, what Iguodala thought was just kind of a throwaway comment. Yeah, you know, I don't like to play that way. Hmm. Uh, after the game, Jackson comes out. Yeah, I, one of their players told me that you know this is the way they're playing, and they, even they don't like it. So, is is Iguodala uh, uh, 
unnecessarily being labeled a villain here. Or was he labeled a villain? Well, for- I, I, I would tell you, I would tell you. Nugget this. fans, you'd bring up no. Andre Iguodala's name to this day, and people are like, Ugh, that guy. I will tell you from an adjustment standpoint, if that's your adjustment, we want to play real physical with these guys, and we want to slow them down. We want to do that. That's your coaching adjustment, and your team doesn't want to execute that. Is that a coach issue? Is that a player issue? Because there have been plenty of games where I've played in games where we're like, hey, man, this team is more talented than us, so let's physically wear their butts out and take that advantage away from them. That's That, to me, is good coaching. Like, if you're really assessing your team versus another team, there's no question the Chicago Bulls the Jordan rules. are more athletic than... The Denver Nuggets. Oh, I was going by the old Chicago. But like, I'm just, yeah, I'm just but, saying. But, yeah. but the strategy of roughing a guy up—that's what the Pistons did. The Jordan rules. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, that, that, that to me. I don't want to play that way. I don't want to well, play then, that way. Well, then you're going to lose. Well, yeah, because exactly. You need to win, right? And it's not like it's it's uh, evil. It's not like it's cheating to no. try to rough up the opponent. It's play it's, physical. You know what it is? It's good coaching, right? Hey, Josh Hart is uh, one of my new favorite NBA players because in this in these days of load management and, and pampering NBA players, mm-hmm. this guy gets it. So the Knicks lost the other night. They had played their seventh game in 12 nights. And he was asked about if the defeat could be blamed on fatigue. He said, quote, the reality is our job is to play basketball and you got people getting up at 6 a.m. doing 12-hour shifts. Those guys are tired. For us, we're playing a game, and we're fortunate enough to play a game like this. We have to keep that in perspective. Bravo. Finally. Yes! Finally. Finally. Somebody gets it. If every, You know what? If everybody's playing, guess what? Everybody is tired. It, it's not that hard. I don't know. It, it, you know, it's, there's, it's, it's such a... The, the mentality has just become so soft. It really has. Soft. They do need to do something about that. Now, you guys have enough energy to roll the club with a uh, with a, a pistol and make Instagram videos after a game at five a.m. Yeah, yeah. If you got enough energy to do that. You you probably don't need a load management day. Maybe that's why you need load management days. That is what is a trending. Bring that to you each and every morning at seven thirty. What went wrong for the Nuggets last night? And one word. From you, Broncos country, to describe how you feel about the Broncos right now. That's next. We don't get fooled again. You're listening to Schlereth and Evans on Denver's Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great call there, Fever. Way to set the mood. Yeah, I think that what we heard... Last night at the Nuggets game, uh-huh. when uh, Sean Payton and his staff, sitting up there in a box, were introduced on the big screen, mm-hmm. it was kind of a um, it was a polite, muted response. It certainly wasn't like over-the-top, mm-hmm. raucous, like rock stars are in the building type stuff. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band were just in that building the other day. Uh, much different. Those were rock stars. Sean yeah. Payton and his staff did not get the rock star treatment. So... What does that tell you? And we've been asking you great listeners to use one word to describe how you feel about the Broncos right now. 
and we're getting some great, great stuff. So we'll, we'll get back to some of those here in a minute, but won't get fooled again. Are we at that point now where Bronco fans are like, enough, I've bought into the hype. I bought into the hype of new coaches, first-time head coaches, exciting, different, death by inches, great practices on Wednesday. Yeah. We're going to score a lot of points. Players are tall. Russell Wilson. We just talked about. Not tall. Not tall. Let's rock. Bit bloated. Yeah. He looked fat. Bit He's fat. Husky. He was more husky. Yeah. Believe me. I know what husky right. is. Right. As a kid. I grew up husky. Yes. As a kid. I, I actually care. I actually wore designated husky pants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember those? Oh, we all wore them. So, Sears tough skin. I know husky when I see it. And mm-hmm. Russ was more husky than yeah. just fat. Yeah. He was husky. Little tubby kid. Yeah. <laughs> he was a little tubby kid. He did look like a little tubby he kid. He did look like a tubby kid. Yeah. Yeah. He's much leaner right now. He did. He looks he good. He has not gone. He is pushed back from the chip basket. Right. Right. He is Ugh. like. I am not eating chips at this Mexican dinner. That is my main bugaboo, Mike. Some more words. Cursed. Cursed? Untrustworthy. Ooh. Wow. I would say it's probably 80, 20, 80% negative, 20% positive on the text line right now. Yes, yes. And and not out and out just blasting, like, hating them. But just, there's yeah. a negative, there's far more, yes, I would say 70 to 80% of the responses we get use a word that has a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Or a middling connotation. Right. But very little in the way, like, if you, if I had done the same exact question one year ago today. Oh, yeah, it would have been overwhelming the other way. Overwhelming. That's so exciting. Yeah, that's so excited. Yeah, we got Russ. We got young coaches that connect with young players and communicate and show video clips. Man, we're going to be great. Yes! No, wrong. We uh, asked also a reaction to the Nuggets game last night. These literally came in seconds apart. Okay? Okay. Nuggets got outschooled, outcoached, and exposed, immediately followed by, wow, making way too much over one Nuggets game. They just had a bad night like all teams do. What is the red flag? You expecting them to go undefeated? Tom from Lafayette. Relax. No. What what camp are you in? No. You seem to be more in the, like, I'm in the, hey, they've been playing at a very high level. It's gonna happen during a long eighty-two game season. One bad night. Don't make anything about too much out of it. Mm-hmm. You seem to be a little bit more like, eh, we saw some things that could be a tip off of potential problems down the road. Sure, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think what I think the issue that you get into is, and we've seen this before, when you try to match, when you can put an athletic lineup out there like the like the Warriors did, you know, where they had Draymond playing the five. And you put a super athletic group out there and just say, hey, man, we're pressing the pace the whole time. 
you can get them out of their rhythm a little bit. And like I'm not saying you're gonna you're gonna sweep them, but the Nuggets the Nuggets can't match that athleticism. That's that's what I'm saying. They they play a certain way. They've got to win. They've got to win their way. That like the thing about the Avs that gives me greater confidence in the Avs is the Avs can play any style you want. We've seen them play that Vegas slow pace, muck it up in the middle style and say, okay, that's the way you want to play. We can be patient. We can play that game too. We can do that. Oh, you want to go wide open with us? You think Connor McDavid can go wide open with us? Oh, yeah, okay, we can play that style too and beat you at that stop. Like they can do whatever they want. The Nuggets can't. Now they've got to play their game, and when they play their game, they're they're really hard to beat. And I don't think they played it yesterday. I think there were some other things that were, you know, other forces on there. You heard Nikola Jokic say, hey, man, it's not healthy to think about MVPs and all this stuff and all the talk that's going out there nationally with Kedrick Perkins and, you know, and, and ESPN and obviously um, J.J. Redick and all that. It's not healthy. And I agree with him. It's not. So there's that aspect of it. Then, they, hey, man, I'm going to set a three-point record, right? And then you start pressing to do that or you start changing the game. Instead of the thing that I think that has set the Nuggets apart is they let the game come to them through the style with which they play. Last night, it felt like that wasn't the case. And that's probably more of the concern. That was probably more of, of the reason they lost than anything else. Yeah, but be careful. I think you're you're getting dangerously close to overrating the importance of athleticism in basketball. Because basketball at its core is still, it's still a team game. And it's still five guys playing together. And I will take five guys who are cohesive, who play well together, who Mm -hmm. trust each other, who can read off each other. I will take five guys doing that over five guys that are right. more athletic than all of them. Right. I, I, but don't play that way. I'll Give me the team, the basketball team, the skilled basketball team over the athletic team every day. Every day. Yes, but I, every will, day. I will say this. You brought up the Celtics in the 80s. It's a different game. Because not everybody has a big-time center. It doesn't go through the center like it does here with the Is that a different game? Really? You, do you think that there's a team in the NBA right now that could keep up with the Showtime Lakers? No way. Let me ask you this. How many how many teams are built that have back in those days, if you didn't have a 5, a dominant 5, mm-hmm. you're not winning. How many teams have dominant 5s in today's game? Only a handful. Handful. Yep. Right. So it is a different game. Here's the other thing. You know, Michael Malone talked about points in the paint and how they got crushed. I think it was 68 to 37 or something like that, points in the paint. You know how you get a lot of points in the paint? When you're so much more athletic than everybody, you blow by them and you and you get layups. That happens. And now, again, again, I'm not sitting here. I'm not pushing the panic button. I just said that last night was a little bit, that you gave me a little bit of pause. There's a little bit of concern there if... Say, for instance, the Phoenix Suns have a healthy Durant and Booker, and what's the what's the big center's name that is Aiden, Aiden yep. that that plays that has played pretty well against Jokic? You know they've got Chris Paul, they've got some athleticism and some shot making ability that would give me a little bit of pause in that matchup. But 
you know, and Texas says, oh, Evans, you'll just take five guys. No, that's that's not what I'm saying. You still have to have athleticism. But I put more of an emphasis on skill, basketball skill and IQ Mm -hmm. than I put on just out and out athleticism. Look, if you're talking about just you want to you want to just athlete versus athlete, the Toronto Raptors and the Chicago Bulls versus the Nuggets, those teams are more athletic. Correct. Than the Denver Nuggets. And yet the Chicago Bulls right now are on the outside looking into the playoff picture and Mm -hmm. Toronto's barely hanging on. So that just makes my point right there that, you know, just because you're athletic and just because it's obvious when you watch teams like Toronto and Chicago, wow, they are athletic. Doesn't matter. If you don't play the game the right way, if you don't play together, then that athleticism is wasted. Agreed. But if you put a team together like the, like last year, the Golden State Warriors. Oh, or sure. Last year, sure. Yeah. Then, but, but, but you, what do you, but okay. Athleticism. You, you just made, but you just made my point. Right. Thank you very much. You walked into my trap. Is because you love telling the story about how you were out at yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a Warriors game one time and you love how they love each other's success. Right. That they love making a great pass mm-hmm. to set somebody up. For a basket, rather than their own success, scoring a basket—that's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Yeah. That, that then that is then the, you've at, got the marriage between at, athleticism right. at, and playing the game right. the right way. At their core, that's that is what the Denver Nuggets do better than anybody else in the NBA right now. But again, when the Warriors were doing it with the athleticism that they had on top of it, oh sure, they they were pretty special. Yes, and I'm not saying the Nuggets aren't special. I'm just saying that. All that is is it, it got on my radar last night. Got on my radar, that's all. I still think the Nuggets make it to the Western Conference Finals, and I'm still very hopeful that they get to the NBA Finals. But it just was on my radar. Okay. There you go. You're already one. They were 20, what, 25 and one in their last. 26 home games, they lose one game at home, and already Mark Schlereth is pushing the panic button. Jeez. Wait, wait a minute. Are you trying to get me? What? 25 and 1? They were 24. Oh, were they 24? Okay, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. No. 24 and 2. That was last 26. That, now, see, now you, now you know what I face every day. Right. Is it Mark setting me up for an oh, really? Or is it just Mark not being smart? Good old Michael Silverman. <laughs> that was I'll me. Tell you what. That was me. That just guy, Michael Silverman. Rarely do I hand out false information. All right. You got me there. Fine. Superbook Sports presents the Denver Sports 5K Bracket Challenge, where the winner of each round receives tickets to every concert at Cheyenne Frontier Days. The grand prize winner, you can take home 5000 bucks. It's powered by the Transportation Security Administration and the Urology Center of Colorado. Register now. Get your friends or your office pool signed up as well. We'll do the work for you. Sign up at denversports.com slash bracket. Congratulations to CSU and CU, both winning in their conference tournaments yesterday, keeping their Cinderella hopes alive. Huge. Now it gets tough. Yeah, now CSU gets number one seed San Diego State in the Mountain West. Aztecs. And CU gets number one seed UCLA. Bruins. Both at 1 o'clock, by the way, too. Both teams play at 1. By the way, who whoever called a, a bear a Bruin? Yeah, can we... Um, Where did that come we, from? Before we get to something, you brought up something earlier. 
and you said, like, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And you called that out, right? Yeah. Can't we come up with something better than sliced bread? Right. And somebody else said, what's with have your cake and eat it too? Eat it too. Right. Well, well, of course, if I'm at a birthday party for myself and there's cake, aren't I going to get to have some cake too? Yeah. So I'd like to ask, what are the other sayings out there that just don't make sense? Right. Okay. Because I think there are others out there that we hear them all the time, but then you think about it, you're like, eh. Yeah. What's that have all about? cake and eat it too. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's my birthday. Yeah. I'm going to have my cake yeah. and I'm going to eat it too. Exactly. So are there other ones that, right. yeah, I don't know, we just, uh, random, we, we start talking and somebody else brought something up. The textures are awesome. They, they come up with great ideas. So I just want to throw that out there. Uh, 303-713-1043. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bathfitter, it just fits.